0: Welcome to Marriage Talk. In today's Marriage Talk, we have Pastor Vijay Bellola in conversation with Pastor Priji on dealing anger amongst married couples with some practical keys with which you can lead and build a peaceful and loving marriage. Stay tuned.
1: Greetings in Jesus name. Welcome to Marriage Talk podcast. We are so excited that you could join us today. And we pray that this morning's conversation will be a blessing to you, to your spouse and for your marriage. Today, I have a dear friend of mine, Pastor Vijay Velula from Mumbai. We got this wonderful opportunity to travel together. And we had a couple of hours before we could catch our flight back home. And we thought we could just sit together and have a chat on marriage. Uh, Pastor Vijay, we thank you for joining us. And would you just take a moment to greet our friends?
0: Thank you for having me on your podcast, Pastor Priji. It's always a joy to uh, work together. It's always a joy to travel together. And uh, I welcome each and every listener. And we hope that uh, this conversation is a blessing to you. Amen. Amen. I-, I was just thinking about the conversation we had
1: before we came in here about this particular uh, marriage, which is wrecked by anger which is broken because of anger issues and I realized how a lot of marriages, they struggle because we don't know how to handle our anger, how to respond when we are angry and how to contain that anger, that short temper and so I thought I could just pick your brain on what could be the reasons why we carry our anger into our marriage. Some of us, we grow up in homes where anger is normal and it is common and we are okay in expressing whatever we feel and however we feel and whenever we want to express that. And when we get married and we get married to a person who is not expecting that, it becomes a complete shocker to that person. And so I would love to understand from your perspective, what could be certain reasons why we actually end up carrying our anger even into our marriages.
0: It is uh, so true that you mentioned and um, most of our families and I'm right now only specifically speaking about Indian families. We've seen in India uh, anger been one of those things as normal in our households. We've seen um, parents yelling at each other or even abusive husband and somehow culturally in India it has been taken for granted that uh, this is how marriage is supposed to be but uh, uh, as the root we're searching for why is it that we're carrying so much anger into our marriages I personally believe one of the reasons there could be many one of the reasons is as children growing up we've not been taught how to moderate our emotions. And um, one of, as as anger is an emotion where a person is not able to express or doesn't have the language to express what he's exactly feeling. And if he's feeling uh, that his uh, emotions or what he's trying to communicate are being suppressed and for the lack of uh, uh, words and uh, for the feeling that... uh, You know, I cannot uh, uh, express myself wholly. After a certain point, there is only an outburst that is left to happen. So, I think uh, as children, as teenagers or young adults, one of our focuses, even in church, should be to teach our kids, our young people, how they can or how the Lord has given us the capacity to moderate our emotions be it uh, anger, be it joy, be it, you know, a sense of uh, frustration, because it will all stem out of that place, you know, when the frustration doesn't have an outlet, whether, you know, as I said, there's nobody that they can communicate to or the or the feeling that they cannot trust the people around them to share what they are feeling. And after a certain point, the only way they can express it is uh, in a loud voice, uh, Or, uh, you know, it comes out as anger.
1: Yeah, completely right. Because sometimes the feeling that is on the underneath may not be bad. It may just be a feeling of feeling unjust, unheard, or uh, that I'm just very sad, or that I'm very lonely. But the way that it is expressed outside at the end of the day, because of that suppression, it becomes, it takes the form of anger. So, if we can teach our people how to deal with the inner emotions, the foundational reasons why we are getting angry, then it must become much more easier to handle short temper.
0: It is. In fact, all of this would start as early as when the child is a year old or two years old, you know, because as children, we start expressing emotions as early as six months old, because that's when a child starts responding. To a smile or, you know, to an upset face. And when this is not moderated and when we don't teach our children the proper language Mm -hmm. in which they can communicate what they're feeling, they grow up with uh, all these suppressed emotions, all these suppressed uh, feelings and become adults who continue to feel unheard. Mm -hmm. And when they have to share their living space with their spouse now, They've gone into the marriage with these unresolved issues, unheard emotions. Mm. And because there are two different personalities now under one roof, and if one personality is stronger than the other, and the other one is still feeling... Like yeah. he or she is unheard, then after a certain given point of time, the only way they can, you know, feel like they they have been heard is when they actually make a noise about it or, you know, create a scene about it.
1: That's true. And sometimes we don't understand what happens because of anger. There is always a consequence to us getting angry. We think that we can go back to being normal after a couple of days or after a fight or after a argument but there's always a scar that is released or a scar that remains in our hearts or in our spouse's heart or in the children's heart or in the hearts of our family members who are witnessing that anger because if we if we take this for granted and if we take our spouse for granted and if we take our marriage for granted you know for that example we may think that we can just keep doing this over and over again and continue to get away with it and that it will not harm. But it is actually creating a really long-term impact on the hearts and the minds of people around you. So what are the consequences that we should be afraid of or that we should be careful to avoid or that we should be warned about? Consequences of anger that we should keep in mind that this is what my actions, my words my reactions are leading to
0: all that you have mentioned is so true but uh, thank god for the word of god that uh, gives us so much room to grow in this area you know the scripture says don't sin in your anger right and so anger by itself the lord is saying i understand that uh, it's an emotion As human, you will feel frustrated. You will have an emotion of, uh, you know, being unheard or suppressed and, you know, but in that space, when you are upset, when you are angry, don't let it lead you to a place of sin. Right. And uh, that's what we've got to understand. Uh, As you said, there are consequences when parents fight and there are children in the home they grow up thinking this is what marriage looks like. And we see so many of, I talk to young people, they say, I don't want to get married Mm. because I have seen this in a marriage in my house. And if this is what marriage looks like, I don't want to step into it. So we are creating a generation, even in church, that does not believe in the institution of marriage. Now, isn't that scary? Because it is through marriage that the Lord plans to bless a family. It is through marriage that the Lord plans to actually even bless the fellowship of believers. You know, it was to a family that the Lord placed his covenant to. And this is one of the key things that the enemy is also using to ensure that the work of the Lord is not progressed. So, uh, one of the largest impacts is children believing that they grow up with a wrong image of what marriage looks like.
1: Yeah, that's that's completely right. And sometimes when we are angry, we say things and we speak words that we don't really mean or that we don't believe after the anger or the face passes off. And what we don't understand is that words once spoken, we can't take it back. We can apologize, we can calm down from anger, but there are words that are released. Sometimes these words become a curse upon our children. Yes. It becomes a curse upon our finances. The words that we speak becomes a curse on your husband or your wife. The words that you speak, it can remain over their spirits until something is done in the spirit realm to deal with it. Yes. and. We just think that this is just one of those fights that we had and we just spoke some words and we overcame it after two, three days. But those words remain over your life to haunt you and to hurt you. Generations later, it is that word that was spoken in anger that is now draining your finances, that is now hurting your relationships. And we take it so casually because we think it's just
0: one outburst. It is so true. We can see the roots of it right in the garden, you know, where uh, even though at that point in time, uh, Adam and Eve, they were both responding in fear, okay, which is still an emotion, just like anger is. The first thing that they did was they accused each other of the questions that the Lord was asking them. And even today, when we see couples engage in a heated argument, they throw accusations at each other, they blame each other for a certain loss. Over the period of time, as we speak to couples, either one of them, they start believing those things about themselves. Like we were talking to a woman And uh, she said they had an argument, she and her husband, over something the husband just said, and I'm sure he did not mean it at that point in time, as you said, that, you know, you're not a good mother because you were not able to do a simple chore for, you know, for something. And over a period of time, it happened so many times that now she started believing that I am not a good mother to my children. You know, they would be better off without me. So what It even did was, in that particular case, pushed her to even think that her family would do better if she was removed from amongst them. So the thought went up to the point that she was okay, that even if I die, they'll be fine. So we see our words, they even push our spouse to a place where they say, if I'm not there, they'll be better off without me. And we're inviting death, not just into the marriage, but a physical death into a person's life.
1: That's crazy. Our words are very, very powerful. And we have to learn a way to just shut up when we are angry. You know, There are certain things that we want to say at that time, but we have to take time to process it multiple times, process it through your spirit, process it through your mind, process it through your heart, process it from multiple layers before you finally open your mouth and say it. And you would not be considered slow. It's okay to slow down, especially when we are angry because words can create worlds around you. Your words can just damage lives or it can give birth to lives. And every word we speak, we are giving access to God's spirit or demonic spirits to enter in. And certain times when we allow these words that are damaging and hurtful to be continually spoken, at some point or the other, a spirit of killing, stealing and destroying enters into your home. And automatically, you see your spouse getting violent. Automatically, you see yourself getting abusive, physically abusive and hurting each other and throwing things around in the house, breaking things in the house and becoming destructive Uh, even towards your kids, and then you're wondering, where did it all begin? It didn't begin with the physical anger. It began with words that you started speaking, saying, I will not be able to take this anymore. There is always a limit and after that I'm going to break down, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You say that 10-15 times and eventually we end up into domestic abuse. And when we reach there, it is so sad because, uh, you know, that's something that I don't believe any marriage should tolerate. If your husband has uh, hurt you or if your wife has hurt you verbally, we can still work around it. But when it is becoming constant, repetitive, physical abuse in marriage, I think that's where we draw a line and we have to have to seek external help and we have to, raise it up uh, to your pastors, your leaders, those who can come in as a third person and intervene and help. Man of God, if I have to ask you, what can we do, especially when we see that there is a marriage that is suffering multiple physical abuses? What are some of the steps to take to protect yourself, especially when you know that you're living with a person with a short temper and that short temper leads to physical abuse?
0: You know, We have to begin with addressing the fact that in Indian homes, we generally see the husband being the more abusive one. And we've seen it otherwise as well. Uh, Even the wife can get abusive at times. But majority of the times it is the husband. And I have spoken to the husbands as well. And uh, they said, when I grew up and I saw the same thing happen amongst my parents, where either one of them was abusive to the other, I promised myself that my marriage would not be like this. But I don't know why I have ended up doing what I hate so much, because I promised myself this is not what my marriage would look. So this goes beyond just being an emotional thing now. It has become a bondage over that marriage which has come through generations and as you said we've got to understand the pattern and seek external help it is so important especially with christians who say that they are submitted to a church a man of god that they go and be accountable about these things you know, specifically, they've got to understand that this is not something that they can hide and resolve. They might say, oh, you know, it happened once. Let me, you know, apologize to my husband or let me apologize to my wife and we'll ensure that this doesn't happen again because I realize I I didn't mean to do this. I love my wife or I love my husband. But once it crosses that Uh, threshold where now your words have become actions it is no longer just anger it is the spirit of anger and any kind of abuse is demonic And you are not able to come out of that place by yourself. You will need somebody like a mentor or a pastor or a spiritual uh, parent who would be able to see those things, help you realize those things, break those things over your life and get to the root of it so you are healed in those areas. So I really believe that, you know, um, either one of them have to go and seek help. Ideally,
1: both of them. Yes, both of them. Yeah, but if uh, if the person who has the higher temper issues, you know, the short temper issues, if they can receive constant help on in the long run, it will really help how they sort out problems the next time, how it is dealt with the next time. And let me ask you this. Is it safe to continue to tolerate and to live with somebody who's being physically abusive?
0: You know my views on this i have spoken to so many people they just generally christians especially ministers they uh, they don't agree to what i i believe in this area but uh, you cannot tolerate any kind of abuse when it happened for the first time it wasn't right when it is happening for a hundredth time it is still not right because after a certain point if a wife continues to remain in that abusive relationship. She is only empowering the person abusing her. I personally believe, and a lot of people might not like my answer, that a woman can and should walk out of that relationship if she sees it as a continuous chain of event. If it does not stop, if it is a regular thing, if the husband is saying this is how it's going to be, you know, if he's justifying, if his he's act- justifying his action, because there is nothing that can justify you hitting your own wife. You are abusing yourself, and the person doesn't even realize it, because the Bible says two have become one. So when a husband is ill treating his wife. What he doesn't understand or he has lost the capacity to understand that he's abusing his own body. And so many times, just because we want to somehow protect the marriage, just because we don't want people to know, we hide these things. But it only empowers that spirit of abuse. And eventually, what happens is uh, the resolve To even come out of it is lost. So I really believe that God would not be upset if a wife in these cases wants to step out of the
1: marriage. I I completely agree with that. I think the only exception would be when there is constant help and constant involvement from their pastors and leaders who are very much present and helping them to resolve with it and deal with it and mentor them through that process. That's the only time where you can say, okay, give him another chance or give her a little more time to change. It's he's He looks genuinely repentant, yeah. but it looks like it may take some more attempts, some more time for this to wean off. But then there has to be still precautionary guards that you will yeah. place around yourself. There have to be people who would be available on a phone call there have to be uh, systems that will be put into place so that it doesn't cross a particular line where it doesn't go into abusing your children, where it doesn't go into abusing uh, a beyond a particular extent. You know, I think that when mm, we as a church, when we come around a couple, instead of shaming them, instead of putting them down, instead of looking down on the guy who has an issue or the girl who has an issue, We can just come around them and cover them and say, Hey, we understand this is an issue. We are not going to tolerate the sin, but we still love you and we still help you. We are still going to journey with you till you are completely healed of this. I think that could be like one of those exceptions where you don't have to immediately run away or walk out. Give multiple chances, give a few chances. Don't do it the very first time this happens but when it has become a pattern yes. when it has become repetitive and there is no repentance and the repentance doesn't look like it's genuine anymore that's when i think you should put your foot down and ask your leaders for the for their permission to just you know stay away from this marriage for some time and just take a break or do something to uh, get some sense of what god is doing in this marriage before you you know, continue to work in it.
0: It is, it is so true that uh, we need to have people around us that uh, don't make us feel judged or don't look at us the other way, you know, because uh, in these cases, uh, such marriages, they need somebody to trust both the husband and the wife. If, if they feel that the people that now they are being vulnerable to you know, because whether it is the abuser or the one who's getting abused, if they have to come and seek help, they are both putting themselves in a place of more vulnerability because now it has stepped out of the house and they need people that they can trust and keep uh, those things within themselves so they can continue to seek that help. Yeah, you're right. In fact, there's so much of shame that is involved
1: in this. There's so much of embarrassment, social stigma that this is happening to me or that I am the one doing this. Uh, If this gets out in the social media or if this gets out in the church circle, this can even become a criminal action.
0: In fact, man of God, I really believe that uh, one of the mistakes that couples do is they try to resolve it amongst themselves when it begins. The best thing to do is you start seeking help the first time it happens. Because any kind of abuse, when you keep it under wraps, you're only empowering it. Whether it is out of fear, whether it is out of shame, whether it is out of a social stigma, you know, whether you're afraid of losing the marriage, you know, in any situation, it is not healthy to keep it or wait until it uh, grows to a certain point where you're not able to take it anymore and then you seek for help. Because by then, you have spent a lot of time in pain. You have spent so much time dealing with this by yourself and it has not yielded help. So the first time it happens, if you could go to God and be accountable about it, because we're talking to Christians or just anybody for that matter, if you could be accountable to somebody you can trust, who can speak into your life, be it a mentor, be it a a spiritual parent, your pastor or a brother or a sister in church, whom you trust will stand with you, will speak life, will pray with you. It is important because this cannot be dealt with just amongst the both of them now. Because if it was just words, which have greater capacity to kill words, but once it moves into a place of of physical abuse, you cannot be waiting and you cannot hold it to yourself. The first day it happens, you go seek help. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think uh, we have to also make space
1: in our hearts to allow the Lord to bring us into a place of humility. Because uh, there's so much of ego that is hurt. There is so much of damage that is done on the inside when there is an emotional and an anger outburst that sometimes after the breakup or after the tearing apart or after the abuse, there is a buildup of ego. You know, there are lies that we have spoken to ourselves. There are lies that people have spoken to us. There are lies that some of our family members have spoken into our ears. And then it begins to build up to such an extent that it becomes very hard to now forgive somebody who has hurt you, forgive somebody that who has crossed that threshold. So how do we deal with that? Because we know that if the Lord wants to heal us, we have to be willing to forgive. We have to be willing to cross beyond that point where we just say, okay, I'm not going to hold this against him or her anymore. I am wanting to go to the next level where I will begin to be healed and begin to trust and begin to love one more time. So how can we let go of that ego and move on to a place of healing?
0: I believe before a person can start to trust again, the person who actually abused has to show true repentance. And as you said, it takes humility. And uh, it takes also understanding that my way of doing marriage is not the right way of doing marriage, you know. And uh, maybe your actions were a result of certain words that were spoken, certain actions that caused an emotional outburst. But in any case... It is the abuser, the one who has caused pain to take the first step of letting go of uh, their ego and accept that I was wrong and I need to apologize to my wife or to my husband for the way I treated him or her. The Bible says even true repentance, it's by the mercy of God. You know, we thank God for His grace that pushes us to a place where we can receive help from the Holy Spirit through the scriptures that have been given to us. And we thank God for people around us who make us realize that so many times it is now our pride that is causing us to continue in a marriage that is filled with bitterness, continue in a marriage that has all the signs of being healed, of the possibility of being healed. But it is, as you said, uh, when a person is not willing to now leave the character of saying, I was right, I am justified in doing what I did, the only reason I did this because he did so or she did say this or, you know, we have our reasons. But if we can just just let go of those reasons, the Bible is so clear when it says love does not keep account of wrong. It is humble and it, it really begins when either one of them and both of them take responsibility for the actions so we thank god for the capacity that the holy spirit has given us to understand our mistakes and shortcomings we thank god for the convicting power of the holy spirit inside of us you know and and one of the things that truly blessed us you know we were discussing marriage with our spiritual father uh, one of the days and uh, this is what he said to us that day uh, when both me and my wife we were sitting and talking to him he said one of the lies that even the body of Christ has accepted that the world and and the devil has so conveniently and easily you know pushed inside the way we do marriage is the 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 fact or the statement that which couple doesn't fight in which family don't you see arguments but isn't that the lie of the enemy? Because arguments and fights and accusations were the result of sin and my sin and your sin and our sin was dealt with on the cross of Jesus so the spirit behind these fights and arguments and broken marriages and lack of trust in marriage or even the the extreme end of abuse in marriage was was rooted in the sin because that's what it did it broke trust now the husband didn't trust the wife and the wife uh, had had issues with trusting her husband, but thank God for Jesus. Yes. Our father, he told me that he was talking to his spiritual father, and he told him that in all their married life, they have not had a single argument. Now, isn't that a blessing? That there is a marriage that we can look up to and keep it as a model if they by the grace of god by the power of the holy spirit and the power of the cross that has redeemed us from the lie of the enemy the that you know there are arguments bound to happen marriages come with a package of you know anger and outburst and unresolved issues and children who are hurting and relatives that are looking down on us and all that comes with it it is a lie we have a marriage to look up to that said hey in all the years that we've been married we've not had a single argument it's not that they did not have difference of opinion it didn't have to lead into becoming an argument or go to the extent of being abusive and i realized that that's where being connected a spiritual house is so important the limitations of a biological family is lifted and we can walk into the freedom that the Lord has given us by his cross when somebody who is walking in that light can shine that light over ourselves
1: Amen, Amen, absolutely I mean this conversation was not meant to be a solution in any way but it was definitely meant to just provoke your thoughts, to provoke you in your marriage to provoke you in your actions your words you speak the reactions that you have when you're angry and it is supposed to take you towards the solution it is supposed to take you towards that leader towards that mentor towards that house where you can find your freedom where you can find help where you can find covering and protection and uh, I do believe that there is hope for every marriage. In Christ Jesus there is absolutely nothing that cannot be redeemed. Jesus himself said, divorce is the result of hard-heartedness. That it's because of hearts that are not willing to break and humble and be moldable by God that it leads to divorce. So I believe if our hearts are yielded to God, there is absolutely nothing that the Lord cannot fix. No anger, no abuse, no hurt, no words, no actions. Absolutely nothing that the Lord cannot reverse and undo.
0: Amen. And I believe that because we are spirit beings living in a body who have a soul, right? And the New Testament teaches us that they that are led by the spirit are true sons of God. So before we make any rash statements before we speak that word that can cause hurt before going to an extent where you know i lose my control and become abusive in nature if i can sit back and decide to react in the spirit rather than in my soul ask god for help You know, as you said, when you know you're about to lose it, if you can just keep your mouth shut. You know, there are so many times we just speak words just to provoke somebody. You know, and and the Bible says that don't provoke your children. If it is so true with children, how much more with marriage? And as you said, we believe that there is healing available for every marriage. Because marriages are supposed to heal society. Marriages are supposed to heal families. Marriages cause blessings to flow into the next generation. It is only through a healthy marriage can we have a healthy next generation that looks at God and looks at the most beautiful institution that the Lord established in a renewed manner. Isn't it amazing that God established marriage before he established church and isn't it for that one reason that the enemy is fighting marriages so much and the 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 epitome of it all is that christ said if you want to know me and be in a relationship with me you've got to look at a marriage you know and 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 so we pray for people who are you know listening right now, that if you're going through such a situation, you would find people that you could trust, you could find people that you could be vulnerable to and more importantly, you would find people that you would want to submit to and ready to get corrected, ready to receive discipline in your life so that your marriage is blessed, so that your children see a beautiful marriage and want to, Look forward to get married someday. Amen. Amen. Can we just take a moment to pray for our listeners and just bless them? Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of this conversation. Lord, we thank you for your people who are listening to this. Father, we... As we've we've said, this is not supposed to be a conversation that will fix all the problems. But we pray that out of this conversation, your people would be able to glean and pick out keys that would help them walk towards a healthy marriage, that would help them walk towards getting into a place where uh, 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 arguments are converted into disagreements and disagreements into just points of uh, subjects where two people don't agree on but can work towards lord we pray for everybody who has gone through abuse in their marriage lord we pray that you would you would give them grace and strength and wisdom to go through it strength to find help, seek help, and strength to not give up, O oh Lord, not give up on their marriage. Because, because we even we who understand that divorce is not the the solution, but we pray that you would give them a, a grace to seek a right kind of help. Yes. And Lord, every thought process, every belief that has been built into a person as a result of abuse as a result of words spoken harsh words negative words lord we pray right now in the name of jesus let the effect and power of those words that have caused beliefs to form let them be broken in the mighty name of jesus and lord we pray that you would heal their hearts you would heal their emotions both the the husband and the wife oh lord we pray that uh, they would come to a place where they would be able to leave behind ego and pain to come to a place of uh, humbleness and forgiveness so that they could see a restored marriage. Lord, we we also pray for children who have seen abuse in their families, O Lord, that you would heal their hearts. Right word. We speak life right now, O Lord, that their distorted image of marriage would be healed, Father. And we would see a healthy generation, healthy individuals, whole in Christ, walk into a healthy marriage. We thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. We thank you for the grace that you've given us. We thank you that you're building healthy marriages through your spirit, through your word. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor Vijay, for being part of this conversation. If somebody needs to reach out to you personally for help or counseling or marriage advice, what would be the best way they can reach out to you?
0: Yeah, they could reach out to us on our uh, ministry email ID, which is uh, Ministries at com, or they could just reach out to us on any of our social media. They could send in a prayer request on Apostolic Revival House. You can find us on all social media, be it Facebook, Instagram. You can just send in Um, a direct message and we'd be privileged to help anybody seeking help thank you so much and we are so blessed with this word
1: and we thank God for each and every one of you that are listening and you're provoked today in your spirit to take your marriage to the next level to change your character to change how you respond to anger may the Lord bless you guys we will catch up with you next month with the next episode of marriage talk
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Hope it was a blessing to you. Do visit pastapriji.com slash podcast to subscribe for more resources related to marriage and various topics.